Hello, hello. Welcome to Spiraling Up with Greg. Today we have a bit of a different episode. This past June, I did a breathwork session and had a pretty intense experience. And after that, I recorded a kind of breakthrough episode is what I'm calling it right now. That's my working title. Basically kind of talking through like what happened and how I felt and kind of the realizations I had. And it was really funny. So at the end of recording this, I was like, I don't really think I should publish this. And I kind of stuck with that because I kind of felt like it was too personal of a thing to put out there. I then lost the episode and was so pissed off that I lost it. And I then made a bargain with the heavens that if I could recover the episode, I would publish it. And a couple weeks ago, I was sorting through my abyss on my computer, otherwise known as my downloads folder, and came across this file that was called untitled parentheses 37 and played it. And it was what I was missing. So as a means of upholding my bargain with whatever out there kept that file for me, I will now be releasing that. And yeah, so again, this was me at home recording after a pretty intense three-hour breathwork session. Enjoy. Tonight was a pretty intense night. And I want to record my thoughts and feelings now while the feeling is fresh. I went to a breathwork experience today. It's not like normal breathwork. It's kind of a mix between Tumo breathing, which is a Tibetan monk practice, and Kundalini yoga, which is actually also a Tibetan practice. But both are very breathing-based. And I would say it's probably one of the most intense experiences you can have without being on drugs. There was 200 people in this room, and as you do these breathing exercises, people were screaming, vomiting, crying. The way that the breathing works is it brings up things in you. I think really it brings up energy. And the purpose of this experience and the purpose of Kundalini Yoga or Tumo breathing in general is partly to help you move energy out of your body. So after the class, people were invited to share their experience, and it really ran the gamut. One person talked about this vision of her dad molesting her when she was four, and how she saw it happening and was able to forgive him and release this pain that she had been holding for a long time. Everyone is laying down with a blindfold on, so no one can see anyone. You can hear, but... There's music accompanying the experience, which is pretty loud. So while you are around a ton of people, it does feel like you are in your own world. For me, what came up was this vision of me being on a cruise that I went on with my family between high school and college. That was a really formative experience for me because it's really where I started to gain a lot of weight. I was probably like 145 or 150 before that experience, and I gained 30 pounds in a week, basically from stuffing my face. Yeah, I just got this flashback of being at this pizza bar on the cruise. It was a 24-hour pizza bar, and since it's a cruise, everything is free. This night, 
I think I ate seven or eight pizzas. It just felt so good. I feel like a lot of high school for me was about restraint and about trying to channel all of the energy that I had inside of me. One of the memories that came up for me was this feeling of wanting to get energy out of me. I felt like I had so much energy inside me. And if I didn't get it out, it felt like I was going to die. Yeah, a lot of my high school was trying to find ways to get out this energy. At first, I turned to fighting. My freshman and sophomore year, I would get in a lot of fights. But it wasn't angry. I never fought out of anger or out of the desire to hurt. It was this feeling that when I was in a fight, it was the only time when I was just thinking about that one thing. I didn't have a thousand different ideas floating through my head. It was such a state of calm. However, fighting is dangerous, and I ended up getting pretty hurt one time, and so kind of decided that I probably should not fight as much as I do, and so I stopped fighting. While I think it was good from a safety perspective, it did leave me with this void. It was almost like once I discovered fighting and discovered the peace and serenity that I could have with it, my body was given the green light to release more energy. I found myself without my tool to offload energy, but with much more energy inside of me. I then turned to music, going to concerts and moshing, playing guitar, playing drums. It was a really great way to offload energy. It was not as effective, but it did work to some extent. I remember when I first discovered this, I was playing guitar for hours every day. There's probably like a good three or four month period when I was really obsessed with it in the beginning where I didn't really do any homework. All I would do is play guitar. It was great, but it definitely wasn't enough because playing guitar stoked my creativity, which is its own kind of energy. Once again, I was a little lost for how to regulate. I then found sex, and that was pretty great. I ended up losing my virginity when I was 15. While the experience of my first time was somewhat uneventful, I imagine it's probably not great for most people, but I feel like for me it was probably especially uneventful. But it was very nice, all 10 seconds of it. (laughs) I remember thinking that I had found what I was looking for. Unfortunately, I only had sex once, and then I quickly after that broke up with my girlfriend, or I should say, my girlfriend broke up with me, and I ended up dating this other girl for a while. Yeah, I dated her my senior year of high school and part of college, but unfortunately, she did not want to have sex, so I was still uh, in a bit of a pickle. When I was doing this breath work, I remembered how I was feeling when I was on that cruise. I remember feeling so fed up with showing restraint. I was so tired of not being in control of my body. It was such a struggle to manage the energy inside me. And for whatever reason, working out was not helpful. It kind of just made it worse. Even today, when I exercise hard, I feel great and I feel this peace But then the next day, there's even more energy inside me. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. 
because it tires my body much faster than it offloads the energy, whatever it is that's inside me. Yeah, I remember just feeling over it. I remember feeling like it was so unfair that I lost my eyesight. And it was so unfair that this thing happened to my body and I couldn't do anything about it. On top of that, I couldn't really have sex with my girlfriend. So that option to offload energy was not there. I didn't want to go down the road of fighting because I was worried that I would become addicted to it. On a side note, I think this is why I love acid so much. It feels like when I'm on acid, I am the person that I am meant to be. It feels as if my whole body is open and energy can flow through me. It flows in, it flows out. (sighs) The peace and serenity that I feel on LSD is so complete and so beautiful. I feel like I still am processing what I was feeling. This might be a little rough. I remember on this cruise, it felt so good to eat. It felt so good to feel like I had control over myself. I remember I ate the first pizza. I was like, huh, all right. I mean, I can definitely eat more, but I guess I shouldn't. And I was like, well, why shouldn't I? Why not? Who cares? In parallel to this feeling of having too much energy and not knowing what to do with it, I was also feeling a lot of shame around my eyesight. I remember thinking that I was like a genetic miracle in that I was super smart, but all I really wanted to do was love people. All I really wanted to do was help people and make their lives better, partly in hindsight because I couldn't do that to myself and it felt like maybe if I could help others, then it wouldn't hurt so much that I couldn't make myself see again. It was during this time that I started to think pretty strongly that God does not exist. I remember the week after I lost my eyesight when I was six, I was at church and I was crying. I just didn't know what to do. I just felt so at a loss for how to move forward or how to handle things. And this adult approached me and he asked me why I was crying. And I told him, I told him it wasn't fair. I told him that I didn't know what I was going to do. And he looks at me and he says, well, you should ask yourself what you did to make God feel the need to punish you like this. That stuck with me for a long time. It wasn't until I did ayahuasca that I really relived that scene and came to terms with it and forgave him. I can only imagine what was happening in his life to say that to a six-year-old. It made me feel like it was my fault. It made me feel like maybe I did do something wrong. A couple months before that, I had gotten in trouble for cheating on a test. Not that I really needed to cheat to get a good grade, but I was just really bored. Yeah, I remember thinking that, oh man, maybe I cheat. Maybe it's because I cheated. Maybe that's kind of the punishment. But that kind of sucks to lose your eyesight for cheating because I feel like a lot of people cheat and they can all see. So what is the deal there? In hindsight, I find it kind of funny that I thought I might have lost my eyesight because I cheated and I ended up being polyamorous. I remember being on that cruise and just feeling really down and feeling like I feel like I have so much to give the world and I have so much to offer. 
and all my energy is spent just trying to navigate the world. I could be using my intelligence to understand physics or understand computers, to understand people, but instead my mental hard drive space was taken up with memorizing people's voices so that I could recognize them. Memorizing how people walked so I could hear their footsteps and know who they are. Remembering how to cross the street, to look at traffic patterns, to know that when these cars are going, that means I can walk. When I would go into a restaurant, most people would be relaxed, but I would be intensely listening, hoping that I could hear people ordering so that I could get a sense of what's on the menu. Yeah. So I ordered the second pizza, partly because I wanted to feel like I was in control over my body and partly because of the shame I felt around not being able to see, just feeling like such a waste of life. Food is my comfort. When I'm feeling sad because I can't drive, because I'll never be able to look at the art in my house the same way others do, and even though it hurts me, it feels empowering to be able to hurt myself. It feels like I'm gaining back some independence. It's really interesting because in so many aspects of my life, I feel I don't need control. I don't really feel the need to control conversations or control people. I don't feel the need to plan things out or curate situations so that they go how I want. I don't care about controlling the world around me. I just want to be able to control me. And at that moment when I was 17, it just felt like everything was piling up. It was unfair that I couldn't make myself see. It was unfair that I couldn't have sex with my girlfriend and be able to better manage the energy building inside me. It felt unfair that I couldn't just eat, that I should try to be healthy. But why? Who cares? Why do I care about being healthy? I'm a loser. I don't deserve this. I'm such a waste of life. Even today, when I eat food that I know is not good for me, I feel shame that I can't do better. I feel shame that I don't have any control over this. And I also feel relieved that at least this time I'm choosing to do it. At least this time it's because of me. It's not because of factors I can't control. It's a shame how good self-sabotage feels. It has its downsides for sure, but for that split second when you're making the decision, it feels so nice to know that you can do whatever you want. And living life as a blind person, there are so many things that are out of my control and that I can't do no matter how hard I try. (sighs) And so it feels good to eat. What was different today is that when I think about that time, I generally try to distract myself soon after. I don't like thinking about that trip. I don't like thinking about how that was the start of me becoming obese and unhealthy and ugly. But today I was sitting with the 17-year-old me, watching him eat, watching him go back time after time. Cheese, pizza, pepperoni, combination, Hawaiian, do another pepperoni, and then end with two cheeses. Just because. In that moment, 
I think I dissociated. I think I didn't even know what was happening or what I was doing. Yeah, it just felt like the pain was gone. Thinking about how uncomfortable it was to feel like a lightning bolt was living inside me. I didn't know how to get rid of it. But today I sat with that kid and I just felt so much love for him. I felt so much compassion and empathy. I hadn't really eaten anything today. So when I started this breathwork session, I was starving. And as this scene played out and as my love for my past self grew, my hunger slowly went away. And even right now it's one in the morning and I'm not hungry. It's very odd. Makes me wonder how much of my hunger is emotional. How much of my hunger is my subconscious or one of my parts wanting that hit of control, that injection in the arm to remind me that it's going to be okay. No matter how dark life gets, there will always be things I can do because I want them. I've been thinking about this lately because I had this idea a couple months ago that I could train myself to enjoy being hungry. I think actually what I was doing was changing the relationship with hunger. And by doing that, being hungry didn't have the same effect. I didn't feel this panic. Usually when I feel hungry, I feel panicked. I'm being reminded that so many physical things with me are out of my control. And so to be able to not feel that becomes my highest priority. At this point, I think that a lot of the hunger that I've felt in my life has been emotional, not physical. It's my body's signal to feel better, to distract, to numb. It feels like this was a breakthrough. I remember just feeling so much love for myself. I was such a lost child, trying so many different things to gain some semblance of agency over myself. It's interesting. I think about the conversation I had with Jeffrey where he told me that he really respects the amount of willpower I have and how hard it was for me to hear that because it felt like he doesn't know the truth. He doesn't know how much I struggle. He doesn't know how poorly I treat my body because I don't have enough willpower. Now, I feel like I've been able to convert this shame into love. And I love 17-year-old me. I love 6-year-old me. And I think I'm ready to move on with my life. Even though I've been making slow and steady progress on losing weight and being healthier, it feels like I'm ready to start fighting a physical battle, not an emotional battle. Today was big. So future Greg, as you listen to this, you should know that I do feel a little bit hungry, but it's okay. I don't need to feel like I'm in control. It's crazy to think of the people that will be close to me in the future. Future Greg, think of those people that you love today, but that didn't know you when you were 33. How they don't think of you as the fat kid. They don't think of you as this super unhealthy person that has no control over what they put in their body. It's really crazy how much of life is emotional. Our physical selves are just manifestations of the emotions and trauma and energy that we have inside of us. I love you. Hmm. I wonder if I should release this. This feels, on one hand, too personal to release, too vulnerable 
too scary. The idea of people knowing how much I've struggled and how weak I am. I don't know, maybe I should. I'll sleep on it. Goodbye, future Greg. Thank you.